and welcome to Tex Talks. I am Tex and today I am talking to one half of a much-loved dance music duo who have been flying the flag high for Tswane, the undisputed house music capital of the country, for the last 10 years. Their percussion-driven electronic dance music and wildly energetic performances helped establish them as purveyors of South Africa's burgeoning house scene as they traveled the world and climbed the charts to praise and critical acclaim. With a sound built on the foundations of the drum, with rhythms structured by the rich cultural heritage of South Africa and executed in the familiar style of house music, they are award winners and genre pioneers. I am, of course, talking about Tabo Small Mabogane, one half of the duo better known to us as Black Motion. Small, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Hey, Jace, how are you? I'm good. Very, 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 very dope, man. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. It's good to hear that you're that you're very, very dope. Where where in uh, where in the country are you? Um yeah, right now I'm in South Africa. I'm in uh Centurion Pretoria. Okay. I'm in uh Craig Hall in Johannesburg and it's it's nice and hot. The weather is oh Yeah, it's um, clean. <laughs> <laughs> So, so since we're celebrating a milestone 10 years of your, your music and your partnership, I think the right thing to do would be to go back to the beginning when you and Robert first met. So, so something that's always struck me about your music, something that you guys have said time and time again, is this necessity to create a connection that is spiritual. So take me back to the first time where you were introduced, playing music to each other and essentially forming that spiritual connection. Um, yeah, so uh, when we met, it was um, 2010, officially when we met officially, but like um, before then, like um, I started producing in 2002 using Fruity Loops and yeah, man, I was a producer on my own and I was yeah pushing beats, I was selling beats in the hood in Soshanguve and so was uh, Robert Hassel on the side. So we were both producers and until we both made our names like in the hood uh, via production, we would also make those mixes for, for dancers like uh, the ones, they, the, the mixes that they use in competitions and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, man, we, we got to know each other like that from like uh, people not actually meeting up. And then 2009, I think, yeah, 2009, he was um, part of this group. Uh, uh, Robert was part of this group um, in the hood. So I saw them on stage and they were um, performing on uh, Murder's uh, production. So, um, yeah, later 2010, um, as I was, I was producing, there was this guy called uh, Moses Mokoko. He, he, he knew my production from my blog section of Social Groove and he also knew uh, Murder's production from his side of, of his section. So I was from Block L and he was from Block UU. So yeah, man, we like DJs would also play our music and people would, would like would, would um, ask who, who's this? Where does he come from? Who's this person that produced the song? Who's this person that produced the song? Until this guy was like, yo, yo, you guys produce almost um, like the same, it's like almost like um, the same style of, of music that you like. Yeah, it's it's kind of unique and full mm-hmm. of drums and percussion. So why don't you link up? And yeah, man, he made us meet 
2010 January. The 2010 FIFA World Cup will be organized in South Africa. From there on, we met up and yeah, man, we found out that our, both our production is on a, a big scale of understanding each other. So from 2010, our first song that we made together was that uh, Banana Maboko. Mm-hmm. That was a track that opened the doors for us. And yeah, from there on, and that was when yeah, Black Motion was formed. So we were both producers individually until we uh, got linked up by a man called Moses Mapoko, our partner. So it's the second time you've mentioned Moses. Was he like uh, quite a crucial figure in Soshanguve at the time, or was he just a fan? Was he someone who like was always around? Um, not in Soshanguve, but he's he's actually from Harangua. So, but like he's a person that loved music, and yeah, man, everywhere we would go, we would always talk about like unearth um, producers from the hood and. Yeah, man, he had so much belief in us that the first time that we linked up, he said, like, um, if you guys, like, uh, form a group and be, and be like, solid, I can buy all the equipment that you guys will need to put music. And he actually did that. And, yeah, man, from there on, everything was just on, on a roll. And from, yeah, I would say he, he started, he's, we, we always refer to him as the founder of Black Motion. <laughs> Shout out Moses. Yeah, big time. So, I mean, we've mentioned Soshangube twice now, and I read in an interview where you said, I think quite a while ago, that as soon as you're born in Soshangube, you're born into house music, and that yeah. there's nobody from that area that doesn't understand house music and the culture of it. Tell yeah. me about the culture of house music where you're from and, and what you learned about it growing up. Um. Yeah, I mean, like... Um, I, I come from a culture, I come from a culture in an era of vinyls where plastic was like, yeah, man, was proper, proper, the stuff to have. And um, uh, what you call this, um, record players were like um, the things to have before a car. <laughs> so <laughs> like we would, uh, we would like um, have your DJs, um, Fana Bozen, Cantona, Corrida Groove, and a whole lot of DJs that started this when they were playing disco, they turned the disco and like switched it up, like uh, switched up the tempo and made it a 45 BPM. So it was clearer and more slower. So you could hear the percussions and you could hear the meaning, the meaningful like uh, melodies in the in the tracks. So also with the with the with the quality of the house music that was coming out with vinyls, understand that everything had to be mastered, had to be perfected, to fit on plastic. So it made us pay attention a lot to the quality and the understanding of making house music, especially in the early 2000s where there was deep house uh, full of percussions, that uh, house music that was, was banging, that was the era of defected when was introducing a whole lot of different styles of of house music but like uh full of percussion whether it was a bit ravey whether it was a bit tribal or jerky or whatever but like it had that element of um that african instrument african percussion yeah yeah the the surroundings of of where i come from the hood like uh where we come from it, it played a whole huge role like because everything 
in the taxi was just house music. In 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 churches, before you go in a church, it was house music. There before you when you go to school, it's house music. So everywhere, man, was house music. Your fresh volume ones. Yeah, Aman Van Helden, yeah, like Daft Punk, that we grew up around that stuff and it had a whole lot of influence in our music today. Did you, I mean, you mentioned Julian Gomes and then you mentioned house music exploding in the, in the early 2000s, but, but, but the, everything, things were still bubbling like in the 90s, like you could mm. feel that there was like a, a palpable scene that was starting. And mm. when you, and when you guys were growing up, could you feel that too? I, 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 like when the first, the first time I attended, oh, well, not attended, but like, um, I was sleeping and it was, this was 1998. I was sleeping then in my house in social movie and there was a bash behind my street. And I, I literally couldn't sleep and I was happy about that because I was, I was so surprised in the music that I was hearing. I was like, what? What music is this? And I, I, I like literally from that night fell in love with, with house music and I tried to find out what radio station plays this, what TV station uh, plays this kind of music. And yeah, I got to understand that like, yo, DJ is the new thing because it comes from that, that old disco's vibe, but like it's more slower and it has more melodies and it, it's, it's got more soothing um, elements in it and it was just talking to me from the word go you know so you're both self-taught which yeah. I think is incredible I think that that is such an amazing feat and people need to talk about that more but I was very surprised to learn that you're also both dancers which mm. I think gives you like a certain appreciation for music and making music in a way that you know, as a dancer, you feel the music more. Yeah. How did coming from a dancing background influence the type of music that, that you were making back then, but also uh, that you make now? Um, it's again, like it goes like with, 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 with what you know as rhythm and what moves the body. Cause when I, I would say what, it, what, what, um, pushed us into production is, Oh, I would say Vale coming from being a dancer because of the rhythms you make with your feet mm-hmm. and they play in your head while um, a song is playing. Um, dancing is dancing is creating patterns within a rhythm. So that's what we that's what we did and taught ourselves if we can get a kick. Uh, with the rhythms that we have in our head with the rhythms that we want to move with our feet and we put them into instruments that becomes a song and the melody is universal you can just hum a song on any drum and it'll make sense that's why our uniqueness is in the drums of black motion um we, we fill up our drums and we make our drums unique we use in, uh, native instruments to our rhythm of the dancing uh, of how we would be dancing on stage to a certain song so yeah the dance is very important in and corresponding with uh, the production of what we do mm, and the the lineage of you using dr- drums goes back i mean to to your tradition because you know you're both yeah. pedi and you're descendant from from the clan of the rain queen i want to yeah. say Queen Mojaji, am I pronouncing that correctly? Yes, ma'am. Uh, oh, yay. Okay, because sometimes I really screw up the pronunciation so badly. But but like, but um, but the drum uh 
from your clan is the source of all of your communication. When we're healing the people, we use the medicine. And the medicine is from the trees. And we're using the soul. We're using the stove. We're using the fire. We're using the water. And we're using the belief. Believe is the highest medicine from our people. And it's this important part of your culture. Tell me, tell me about the importance of making the drums the main driving force of your music. Yo, yeah, the yo, the drums are, are, are we would say the heart, the heart of 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 um what we present to the people and all over the world. So, as as well, the drum is is the heartbeat of a person and. Uh, a, a beat or a rhythm starts off from the heart so we we call our drums the heart of the performance and the heart of what we try of our art and because we we communicate better with drums and it's also in our clans that we don't use words to communicate and to go deeper into thoughts we use our drums and in every instance that we want to celebrate we want to communicate we want to give thanks or we want to welcome someone in the family, or we want to start a new era, we, we use drums. So, um, yeah, I would say it's, 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 a, it's an element that is very needed by every aspect that we try to do when we make the music, if, if we make the music and find drums that have to match the production. So, yeah, man, it plays a huge role. We are baby, and everywhere we will go, and there's people that are connected or people that have to go for initiation and we play the drums or we play a certain uh, pattern. It's always, always, always messing up people. Like um, they take some bags, some people come and cry and say, Yo, you've opened something for me. Some people come and say, you've healed us. That's why we call the album The Healers because that's what we get on a daily basis. Um, people saying they healed with our drums and that's the most important thing before the fun we make sure like it's spiritually connected to the to the fans i'm so happy that you mentioned uh your latest album the healer and we'll we'll get back to that because i want to talk to you about that in a in a bit but yeah. i've seen you guys perform quite a few times over the mm -hmm. last few years but i think my favorite performance of yours was in Joburg at the end of 2016, and it was part of the Boiler Room Valentine's Stay Tuned oh, series. Yeah. This is Shane True Valentine's of Boiler Room. We're live in Johannesburg, man. Make some fucking noise. We're live in Johannesburg, man. Make some fucking noise. We are so happy to be here. It's like our second home, like our third home. But forget all of that, because up next, I have live for you right now for the second time on Boiler Room. My boys! Black and listen, I drank a lot of whiskey that night, but <laughs> I'll tell you, there wasn't one person that I bumped into who couldn't stop raving about your gig. And, and because the boiler room setup is so unique mm -hmm. with the artist playing in the middle of the crowd. Mm -hmm. And it's cool that you mentioned that like the drums are the heart and the heartbeat of your performance. Cause it's also like very cool being in the middle of that boiler room crowd. And you're mm. like the heart of the mm. whole event. Mm. What, what stands out in your mind about that night? Sure. Like that, that night is also a, a very special night for me because 
Um, if you remember correctly, the mood and the lighting there was moonlight. Like it was this violet, it was beautiful, dark blue, yeah, beautiful blue um, visual in there, and everything was just in the zone. And there was a bit of smoke. All I remember in a moment I cannot forget was the peak of our performance, where everything just goes like black everything just goes yeah man this is a peak and i remember opening my eyes coming back from a zone and the people that were literally in front of us in a circle everybody was closing their eyes and everybody's uh, heads was like facing up and that was that was and i got goosebumps just literally looking at that and i look at the whole circle and everybody's just in their own zone and that was mm. the biggest moment for me when I was like, yeah, okay, some people are touched by the music and what's really going on. Because with the boiler room setup, it's 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 not people who go there to 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 show off what they're wearing or to show off what they're drinking or whatever. So it was just all about the music and the connection and uh, and the feel good of what the music does to your soul. Sure, I got goosebumps just hearing you talk about it again because I remember yeah. that. Like, ah, yeah. that was so yeah. great, so yeah. great. Now, just a quick side note because I have some super exciting news. Over at Text Talks, we get a huge number of artists reaching out to us to highlight their amazing content. And because we plan our seasons quite far in advance, we often can't accommodate requests to spotlight some of the amazing up-and-coming talents South Africa, Africa, and the world has to offer. And so we started Text Talks Extra. Text Talks Extra has gone on to become its own beast and thanks to all of your support, we are super excited to announce that our friends in the culture of humor have stepped up to collaborate with us for the next season of Text Talks Extra launching on the 14th of February. Puma have been at the very forefront of the culture through iconic collabs with the likes of Nomzamo Mabata, Winnie Harlow, Dua Lipa and Cara Delevingne, to Nintendo and even my fave sweeties Haribo, while always looking toward being more sustainable in the pursuit of their biodegradable shoe experiments. I mean, this is the brand that bought us suede, a fashion icon that's been a staple since its first drop in the 70s. Finally, keep your finger on that refresh button on Puma's Insta. Ruba has it with restrictions easing more and more. Select sessions might just be happening live and in person at their flagship Bramfontein store. So don't say we didn't warn you. We are stoked to be collaborating with Puma again and can't wait to bring you only the freshest content on Tech Talks Extra, including all the happenings in the land of Puma for 2022. Whether it's their latest collab, hashtag select sessions, hashtag suede Sundays, or just a reminder that she needs us. Catch all the drops on at Puma South Africa on Insta or wherever you follow the iconic cat. And now, back to the show. But but also tell me a, a little bit about the campaign that you did with Ballantines because I remember you know you did quite an extensive campaign you had an extensive partnership with them and then you guys dropped that amazing advert on TV and it was so well shot and produced. We said it doesn't matter what they say as long as we stay true to who we are. so inspirational like definitely one of the better south african brand partnerships with musicians that i've seen over the years how did that partnership come about um that that partnership was one of again 
the unforced um, partnerships that um, we we had um, encountered in in our careers because we again we stayed true to what we believed in. We never followed trends and we never go with what's trending at the moment. So also it was in alignment with their brand because um, their brand is, um, the slogan is stay true. Stay true, yep. Yeah, so yeah, man. So it's it was uh, the perfect brand um, to work with us and everything worked out perfectly. Like um, our stories was very... Um, like loved by the by the by the high people there and it was authentic nothing was forced and it was a beautiful beautiful jc and uh yeah yeah man it was just amazing to work with them and yeah man like going forward there's just a whole lot of things that are coming um with a whole lot of brands as well because we stay true to our brand and not because we forcing or we have to be there for the money or anything, but it's because it's brands that are aligned with um, us staying unique and staying true to ourselves. Small, doesn't it make it so much sweeter, though, when you have these connections and form these partnerships with these brands that are so organic and, like, really just Mm. fit in? And, you know, it's not, like, fake or forced or you're not being – you know, paid to to advertise something like there's so many artists mm. out there that are, you know, like a Twitter yeah, yeah, and a Facebook true. post there. Like, yeah. isn't it so much sweeter to have both of you guys align and to, to just have it feel so right? It is, yeah, it feels so amazing. It feels so amazing. Yet it feels it feels like you 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 could teach a whole lot of um um in inverted commas like uh, influencers of brands that w- what their worth is really and what their alignment is because a whole lot of celebrities in South Africa are missing the point of pushing what is in alignment with them, even if it's whatever, but like it has to be alignment with them, w- w- with them because in a whole lot of instances, there's, there's a whole lot of people that you can see that this brand is forced mm-hmm. or this is for the money or whatever. But when it comes to certain things and when people see the organicness and the, like the, the authenticity and in, in the brand collaboration, then it means you're doing the right thing. And it's not a force for people to buy it because you own whatever product it is, but like you don't even have to have a face on it. But mm-hmm. as long as you know your alignment and the trueness of it and you, I think, yeah, it sells itself because they know it's, it's based on a true story and it's selling because of a true story and the inspiration of what, made um the collaboration work so i wish we could uh, we could just open up a like man like a discussion with a whole lot of people that have endorsements or so-called um sponsorships and endorsements just to let them know what their worth is and the alignment what alignment truly means so yeah man it's all about making it work for both of you and first yeah making it work for both of you but also knowing knowing what you're all about and what your brand is all about. And I think that's what Black Motion do very well. You guys are, your roots run very deep and you know exactly who you are. Yeah. Um, but yeah. you've performed all over the world in, in Zimbabwe and Croatia and Canada mm-hmm. and Switzerland and UAE and all of those places I mentioned probably twice. <laughs> but, <laughs> but where would you say was the most eye-opening place that you performed at for whatever reason? Um, for me, and I also think for, for, for Bongani as well, because yeah, this has always been our highlight. Um, this was New York in 2018, 
Trier. This was New York in 2018 in Brooklyn. Uh, oh, wow, recently. Brooklyn cool. Mirage. And this is where now we, we, we sold out. And this was in a posh place, like a place where... Um, well, I would say other people would say, nah, man, you wouldn't even sell that, blah, especially if, um, you know how the state is, like, especially if you're black and they say you have a show there, it wouldn't, it wouldn't sell out. But like, um, to the surprise, we sold out because, um, there was a lineup, um, with coffee and us and Angelo, DJ Angelo and your man it was so crazy that after when we played, because we didn't know how big it was. And we just played and everybody was just going crazy and crazy. So after we played and we got off stage and we got to the to the um, back of uh, back of the stage, there were people like uh, Wesley Snipes and your like a whole lot of actors and, and they came through and like, yo, what you guys are doing is very crazy. Never seen anything like this, bro. Like it's so crazy. And we have all these A-listers come through and, and just bow down and that was that was crazy and I felt like I was in a gym that night. So yeah, man, that was that was a highlight of, of I think I would speak for murder as well because a lot of um A listers, Hollywood A listers got to see something they never saw ever and it was somehow taking them back and reconnecting them. So it was kind of yeah, amazing. I love that story. But what was your impression of New York? Because I was also in New York in 2018 and I also stayed in Brooklyn. I wonder yeah. if we, I was, I was there over June, July. I hope we weren't there mm. at the same time and I missed your gig. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> but I, but I, I like, it was my first time to New York and I felt like it was the first city that I'd been to where I felt like if I worked really, really hard and hustled, I could make something of myself in the city. Like I found it very inspiring. Yeah, true, true, true. What, what was your vibe of the city? Yeah, man, everybody is on, on, on the hustle. I like everybody is on the, like you, you, you need to, to like reap what you saw. You can't just live in New York and think everything will just flow. Everybody yeah. who is there is a, a true hustler. And especially when you don't come from New York or you don't come from the US and you live that side, it's all about the hustle. And it's really inspiring when you see people have like five jobs and at the end of a day, he's in a Georgia money suit enjoying his life on a rooftop. And that's, that's, that's the life, man. When you hustle and enjoy your money in a city where you inspired to hard to to work more harder. So yeah, man, I got more inspiration when I was that side of working harder and enjoying yourself after that. You know, if I think about it, like some of South Africa's greatest, biggest musical exports over the last ten years, like all house music, like Afrotech, like Oskido, Black Coffee, Kulo, Shimza, and obviously, obviously, you guys. But did it take you a while to build up that same level of appreciation in South Africa like you received elsewhere in the world when you blew up? Yo, it's, it's so crazy because like people, when we started in 2010 and we released, there was a whole lot of um, record labels overseas that were, were, were licensing our releases and our singles and they would put them on their compilation too. People in South Africa actually thought Black Motion was from overseas. I don't know, from <laughs> or wherever. And yeah, man, around 2010, 2011, 
the first bookings that we got were actually overseas bookings. Oh, that's amazing. And, yeah, not a lot of people. A lot of people started knowing 2012, around 2012, that actually Black Motion is two dudes that come from Sochanguru, Pretoria, and the whole of South Africa. Oh, so people so thought that you were like from from yeah. from somewhere in like I don't know, maybe some small town in like France or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So it was also that kind of vibe of like thinking that it's one person, and yeah, man, it was yeah. And then we had to reestablish ourselves. Um, around 2012, this side and started taking more bookings this side and stopping a whole lot of African and Europe um, bookings. So we started planting the seed this side around 2012, to be precise. Yeah, and yeah, from there on, we made a whole lot of bookings this side until people are like, yeah, okay, Black Motion is 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 is, old, is really from South Africa. So yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, you've won Best Dance Album twice and Best Duo or Group twice at the South African Music Awards. And, you know, I know a lot of people like to say, oh, you know, it's just an honor to be nominated. But what does it really feel like for all of your hard work to be recognized by an industry of your peers? Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's always never, never, like you can, you can never, always, you can never explain the feeling that you that you get, especially again, they're right when you say um, nomination. Just saying, you seeing the name and the people who worked hard, like amongst everyone who released an album there, and you considered as the one that was like um, working the hardest. And it's it's just so crazy. And it's not you who put yourself there. You don't force to be put there. It's by the people. It's by the votes. It's by People saying, okay, I mean, this is my vote. Um, these guys work hard and they appreciate it. And it's always an, an unexplained feeling. You can't explain that feeling, but you just appreciate the recognition for the hard work. Mm. So there's a rich culture of storytelling in, in, in African culture, which is passed on from ancestors and then from generation to generation. Um, and I feel like your decade-long career is about keeping your tradition alive. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to know if there was a narrative thread that runs through all of your albums, like from your debut album, Talking to the Drums, to your latest album, The Healers. Yeah, there's actually uh, like a, a thread because when we started this, um, as much as people won't believe, like, um, we, we really had a plan of 10 years, like, um, Amazing. <laughs> thing. and it really, we, we, as much as we were talking about it as a joke, it really happened. And yeah, man, like our spiritual journey is as true, as real and as lengthy as the actual, um, journey to being a traditional healer, because, um, you start with the with the initiation of like you being welcome and going to find out what's going on. Obviously, you get introduced by the drum, and you talk into the drum. You want to understand from hearing the drum where you going, where where where's your spirituality aligned? Where is your your closey? Like, is it the water closey? Is it the mountain closey? Is it yeah, whatever the ground closey? So, we named our first album "Talking to the Drums" in. In relation with you really getting introduced and talking to the drums, they're being introduced to the elders in the journey they draw uh, out. Okay. And then the second album was titled Aquarian Drums. This is now the second phase of 
the initiation where you go underwater, you most spend your times um, by the water or in the water, and that's where you get your truth and you get your strength and you get your you get over your fears, and that's where you find out whether your drowsy is from the water or what. And yeah, man, there's deeper deeper explanations than that. I'm just like explaining just on the surface. And yeah, the third album was titled. Um, the third album was titled uh, Fortune Teller, which is now the stage where you 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 are you, you are now almost ready to say you know where you're heading, you know where your direction of uh, being chosen as a representative to be a traditional healer is, and you know the direction. You can now tell where you're going as a fortune teller, like we would say. Uh, tells the people what to expect and you know what to expect with your journey and the fourth one um, was called Yabadimu mm-hmm. and yeah man Yabadimu is an offering saying thank you we've realized where, where we are aligned where our journey is going and where we want to be and the fourth one uh, the, f- the fifth one was Moyawataola Moyawataola uh, is now saying we, we have that that capacity to say we can um, almost like say you can come consult we know the direction of the music that we want to take and what it does to people and our music has more which means there's a whole lot of spirituality that touches people and yeah man came now is the healers this is now the point where we are certified like um proper traditional healers because of the testimonies and the people's uh, stories of wherever we've been and how we touched their lives and how we changed or how we healed their lives um, with our music. So that's why we call this one The Healer. So our journey has been precise and exactly like the ones of the traditional healers, not because of the fashion or whatever, but because of the spiritual journey that we wanted to take and make people understand in relation with music as well as we grew in the music. And that, ladies and gentlemen, was a brief history of the discography of Black Motion. Small, I, that was such an incredible answer. I was not expecting all of that, but like I now, <laughs> I now know from like beginning to end how well thought out that was. That's incredible. So now mm. I think I know the answer to this question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. <laughs> The Healers, The Last Chapter. That's the full title of this last album. And at first, I thought that maybe you were calling it The Last Chapter because that's it. It's 10 years. You guys are done. But now I'm thinking you called it The Healers, The Last Chapter because it's the last chapter in this thread of albums that you've done. And also it's like closing a chapter on the first decade of your career. Am I on the right path? Yes, ma'am, you're very true. You're very correct. I mean, like... I love how you call me ma'am, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yeah, like, yeah, like, respect, yeah. So, yeah, man, like, it's, 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 unfortunately, like, oh, no, fortunately, um, for, for the fans and for the people that follow us, um, this is the last chapter of the 10 years book, because again, as, as each album was released, we took it as a learning book, as a book of life. And, um, yeah, man, this, 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 this chapter of the 10 years book, um, 
it was like, yeah, man, learning a whole lot of things that put us where we are today. So we're moving on to the next chapter, the new chapter, more production, more experimental things with native instruments and more vocalists. And yeah, more strong performances all over. Okay, so I want to talk about your Red Bull Rendezvous performance, which was such an incredible way to celebrate a decade of Black Motion. What was the significance of picking the three rondavos in Graskop and in Pumalanga to tell your story? Yeah, um, so with the Red Bull Rendezvous, like it was, it was actually making the dream come true because we've always we've always dreamed of performing on a mountain live on the highest peak and with the mad, mad, mad background. And the place that made significant uh, impact on our, like on our dream and our thoughts was the three rendezvous and um, Red Bull and Red Bull Rendezvous made it possible for us by going there and actually making it possible for us to actually be on top of a mountain with the background of the three rendezvous and the beautiful rivers and beautiful heights. And they made it possible for us to get that place and set up a, like, like a proper stage on top of a mountain on a peak and make us perform there. So with the Red Bull Rendezvous, it was a dream come true because we always had a vision and we always had a dream of performing our music on top of a mountain because we have always called out music, um, music of the mountains. So it was a dream come true and Red Bull and the War made it possible for us. Oh, I see. So I caught a bit of it on Channel O and I actually think I caught the best bit because at one point you performed Prayer for Rain and then almost as if like on cue it actually starts to rain. Like, yeah, it's so crazy. Yeah, it's, that, like, yeah, that was amazing. <laughs> like, what, like what's going through your mind at this point? You're like, oh my God, this is incredible. Yeah, that's it's so crazy. And it's actually, I think, the third, yeah, the third time that actually happened. What? Um, there was this one time again where I think we were in Pumalang. Oh, no, we were in Limpopo. And we were playing and it was just about sunrise. And suddenly there was these black clouds behind us. And when we, when we were playing and we, it was our last track and we played Prayer Parade, and with the sun coming up and the rain behind us it just, and the clouds behind us, it just started raining while there was sunshine. It was, yeah, it was beautiful. And, and a lot of people caught that on camera and it was just mind-blowing. And another time when we were playing at a pub, we just started playing Prayer for Rain and yeah, it just rained. So it's always crazy when that happens. <laughs> Your ancestors are looking down and you're going, yes. Yeah. Like <laughs> That's what it's for. Not, yes. <laughs> so, so do you feel, especially in celebrating 10 years of Black Motion, which is a huge achievement, and then the release of your, of your latest album and everything that you've accomplished, do you feel like there's more left to do in South Africa or do you feel like you've hit a bit of a ceiling? Yeah, no, no, no. You can, I think as a, as a producer, you can never hit the ceiling as long as you know that your mind is vast and you don't say, you don't call yourself a certain general producer. Like you don't call yourself a house producer. Mm -hmm. And that's when you, if you call yourself a house producer, then that's when you're going to hit the ceiling because you would want to be boxed in one place. But like right now we, 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 our next step is, is scoring because we're so big right now into scoring films and into scoring like a proper, 
heartfelt ads. And that's where we're going. And you can never reach the ceiling as long as you're creative and you're in a creative space and your, your, your passion grows every day. So if your passion grows every day, you can never reach, uh, reach the ceiling because you always want to think of more things. And when you discover that you can do something that nobody has done or try something that nobody has done, it's like starting really from the ground with the knowledge and you're going to make it. So you will never have a limit of the sky. I love that answer so much. And it's very cool to hear that you're also branching out and, and wanting to soundtrack films and adverts and yeah. things like that. But also, uh, you mentioned in an interview that you wanted to diversify from music as well and like focus on agriculture and social empowerment. How exactly are you aiming to, to branch out into those areas as well? Um, yo, like we already have some, some things that we done and it was us trying to, to, to understand and learn about the, 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 like the scoring of films and, and scoring of ads. And there's one that we scored, um, it was a South African tourist ad. Um, I think it was, yeah, it was a tourism ad and it, with the scoring and everything that was in it. I think it won two awards overseas, the Cans or the Canes or what, like, um, yeah. And that was when we saw like that, whatever that we do in production and we put it out there as whatever we want it to sound like, it will sound like that. So if we make a connection of trying it and selling it to people, it works because our mind and our heart is there already. So the connection is just the work itself, like uh, pushing it. And as soon as people understand what we're trying to do again in the next generation of movies, they will understand where, 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 where we're going and where we want to go as the generation, the next generation. So lots in the pipeline for Black Motion. That's super exciting. Yeah. But Small, I just wanted to thank you for taking the time to talk to me today on Tech Talks. It's been such a blessing to watch your career blossom and to see you grow from strength to strength. And I cannot wait to see what the next chapter in the Black Motion story holds. Promise me you'll come back. Wow, man. Thank you. Thank you very, very much, man. Thank you for the support from day one. And thank you for everything you guys are doing and pushing for us for people to understand the background and understand where we come from it means a lot thank you guys
Ocean for joining us in studio. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Text Talks. Be sure to check out texttalks.com for more episodes. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, CastBox, or listen to Text Talks on all good streaming platforms. Also, a huge shout out to Tom's, the only music store, for being the most incredible technical supplier. From myself, Tex, our producers, Jonathan Ings and Matt Lewitz, and our research assistant, Al Clapper, catch you on the flip side. <laughs>